Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Anyways, hope you guys are having a good Sunday. I'm really excited to be able to hang out with you guys this morning. You guys all woken up? Everyone feeling good? Yeah? How many of you guys are excited that spring break has come to an end here in Volusia County? Yeah. All moms, you guys are ready to take your kids back to school. You're like, this homeschooling thing is not for me. Taking care of these kids 24-7, that's for somebody else that's what we pay taxes for. Um, I'm just, that's a joke, by the way. Um, but, uh, but no, I know moms, you guys are excited to get everybody, everybody back into the routine, right? Going to bed at night and stuff like that. And then also, I mean, it'd be nice to have about 10,000 less teenagers in town this weekend. I'm going to tell you right now, if you did not, if, if you did not have the joy of going over to the beach side at all during this week, like you, you might not, you, your salvation was tested if you had to drive over that bridge. I'm going to tell you right now. And if you got hit with the, the drawbridge at the same time, like it was really like, whew, that was a tough one, right? You'd need something, like uh, uh, Advil or something afterwards. Um, but it's been a crazy week uh, this week. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of what, uh, by the way, for all the people tuning in online, I want to say welcome. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. You might not have understood what I just talked about. This week is Volusia County and I think Orange Counties, Seminole Counties, uh, spring break. And so we had like literally thousands upon thousands of high schoolers that decided to come over and bless us with their presence here in New Smyrna Beach. And you couldn't get around anywhere if you wanted to. And like, you, yeah, it was, it was a bad, it was a bad time. Um, but I, I, I kind of remember like a little bit of like what it was to be a teenager, right? And the thing I remember was that like when you're a teenager, no offense to any teenagers, but you really don't care about anyone else in the world. Like, that's not, you're not thinking about how your actions are going to affect anyone. No one cares. It's just your world, everyone else is kind of living in it, right? Um, that that kind of creates a little bit of an adjustment uh, when we become adults, right? We start to think a little bit more about and care more a little about, bit more about what other people think. Unless you're naturally rebellious. Anyone here naturally rebellious? Three people. Perfect. I'm glad I'm definitely one of them. Anyone here a rule follower? Lots of rule followers. Hopefully, if you're a rule follower or if you're a rebellious person, you get matched up with a rule follower because you need it. Um, that's how Erica and I are. Erica, you know, I'll, I'll cut a U-turn illegally in a place you're not supposed to. She's like, you're not supposed to do that. I was like, that's just a suggestion. It's no big deal. You know, it's just some, another man's opinion. You know, I build something from Ikea, and it's like, we don't need instructions. I'll figure this out. The best is when you see instructions, they say, do not use a power tool. I'm definitely using a power tool. Definitely going to happen. But at some point we, we, in America, the, the, the world we live in today, things have become a little bit more focused on what do other people think. And as, as we're processing in part three of this series that we started just a few weeks ago called Devoted, we're trying to make this determination of how do we, how do we truly live, not just as people that identify as Christians, not as people that say that, that we just follow Christ. When someone asks, like, well, what church do you go to? Well, I go to Coastline. Not people that just identify, but people that, how do we become people that are fully devoted, 
followers of Christ. I think if we can get to that part where we're fully devoted, man, we get to see a lot of great things happen. God's able to use us in a whole different way than what he would if we just say we identify as a Christian. And so we've been kind of looking into uh, the book of Acts, the early church, uh, how things kind of got started after Jesus left. And we've been using a little bit about uh, what we've seen here as an example, kind of a launching point to launch us into, like, what does it mean for us today as, as Coastline Church? Not even as Coastline Church, but as the followers of Christ in New Smyrna. What does it mean for us to change our acts and to change our identity for who we are to becoming fully devoted followers of Christ? Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this. says, all the believers devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. As I was reading this this past week, I realized that that word fellowship has, has root or is connected to this Greek word, that is konina, or uh, kononia. And kononia comes from uh, the root of, of our word that we use, which is community, to commune, to connect with one another. And so today I want to take a step into us continuing to figure out how to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And I want to preach a message I'm entitling, Called to Community. Last week, we got off and we started talking about uh, that we've been sent by the Lord. We've been sent to serve one another. Today, I want to talk about how important it is for us to be part of community. And so let me pray for us, and we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much uh, for everything that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the opportunities that you've given us. Uh, God, I pray for uh, uh, the the man that's in charge of doing the air conditioning here in New Smyrna Beach High School. God, maybe he's going through a tough day. I pray that you'd help him out today. God, I pray that in spite of the distraction of what we feel and despite the distraction of what's happened this past week or what we're going into this next week, I pray that you would focus our hearts and our minds on what you would want us to hear today. I pray that you would touch me and, 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 and communicate through me. Let me say the words that you would want to say, God, so that that as we continue to pursue you, as we continue to pursue being fully devoted followers of Christ, I pray that you would use us to change and adjust the world that we live in. As we do that, we believe the best is still yet to come. We love you so much. Amen. Um, so as many of you guys know, I have uh, two children. I've got uh, Benjamin, who's uh, five years old, <clears throat> and I've got Olivia, who's seven. And Olivia is about to turn eight. She feels like she's going. It feels like she's going on like 18, though, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but she's eight years old, and <clears throat> this past week, well, it was actually two weeks ago, before spring break, uh, she was getting ready, and it was uh, there was this uh, theme that they had for the day where she had to dress up. And so, like for uh, as as normal parents do, uh, <clears throat> we waited till the very last minute the night before. And had to run to the store and get things together so that Olivia could dress up as, and it was, it was an idiom, right? 
not an idiot. That's different. That's how I dread problem up, yeah, as an idiom. And so her idiom that she had picked out was time is money. And so we went out and we got a big clock, and she looked like Flava Flav of Oak Hill. It was the cutest thing you ever did see. But as she's, like, gluing and she's bedazzling and jeweling and all this stuff like that, she put it all together, and she puts her shirt on, puts the clock on, and you could tell she took a lot of pride in it. And she looked at me and said, Dad, do you think the kids at school will like it? And I looked at her. I was like, yeah, sure. She's like, really? Do you think think they'll like it? And I stopped for a second. I thought, baby, what? Do you like it? She said, yeah, but will the kids like it? I asked her, I said, why do, you, why do you care if the kids will like it? I mean, it's, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I was trying to connect her with the thought of, like, like, at some point we're not, we shouldn't be geared to this thing of, like, how do we please the people that are around us? Now, I'm stepping on some toes. I'm stepping on my own toes today when I talk about this. I'm stepping on my wife's toes for sure. I'm not going to look at her for the rest of the service. And she'll look at me later on today when she gets me home. You guys pray for your pastor, okay? <clears throat> but I think there's this real issue in the world today, and I, I want to train my kids to be a little bit different, where we've, we've gotten this idea that we have got to be concerned with what other people think about us. And it gets to a point where it, like, it becomes overwhelming. I think it, that leads to a huge problem of, of if, if, if people have an issue with lying, a lot of it has to do because they care too much about what other people think about them. They don't want to disappoint them. So they communicate different outside of the truth. But as fully, fully devoted followers of Christ, I feel like when it comes to the community that we live in, when it comes to the community that Christ wants us to have with one another, what he wants to adjust our thinking to be is not so much caring about what people think about, about us, I need to adjust not, not what do people think about me, but adjust to what does he think about me. That, that, way, that weighs in way more than what other people think about me. See, the, the, the gratification that happens when you please other people is, is something that's, that's, that's finite. It, it, it's, it's very quick. But the one that we're going to serve, the one that we're going to worship with, the one that we're going to love on in eternity, what he thinks about us is incredibly important. And so I think there needs to be this adjustment of what we think about and how we go about building community as Christians today, as followers of Christ. Not based on, do my friends like me? Or the people I have around me, do they, do they think good things about me? But ultimately, as we build this community, what does God think about me in this? I think community is one of the things that as Christians, well, I don't even think as Christians, I think in the world today, community is something in the, over the past two years that has been attacked more than anything else. I mean, the, one of the toughest things that, that came along with COVID is this idea that, that everyone must separate, that no one can connect with one another. You had families that are trying to continue to have community over uh, FaceTime and stuff like that. They can, they're not doing birthdays together or anything. They're not doing all these different things that you have small groups that couldn't meet for months and years on end. Community was one of those things that started to, to just kind of fall apart, to start to separate from one another. But as I continue to pursue Christ, as I continue to see from him, I realize that community is incredibly important when it comes to us being fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, here's the thing. 
along with this this uh, desire to please people, we also have a fear when it comes to building good Christian community amongst ourselves. That fear is that if you get close to people, you don't know what's going to happen. There's hurt that could come. Someone could, could say something about you. Someone could, could hear something different than what you're saying. Someone could take what you say and tell somebody else about it. There's this fear that comes along with it. But I think if we pursue community the way Christ intended to us, intended for us to do it, I think it's something that can be incredibly beautiful, can be incredibly helpful. As we fully devote ourselves to following him, I think it'll change the world that we live in. You know, I, 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 lo- I really do enjoy uh, being out on the water and fishing. And uh, every now and then I'll take someone with me. And some people, they don't, you know, they, they've never fished before or they haven't fished a whole lot. And it's funny, like, when they first catch a fish and then, like, I get it, you know, I pick it up. I say, hey, do you want to hold it? And, like, the look on some people's faces, like, they're just, like, a little freaked out. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about this fish. You know, it's, it's kind of slimy. Is there something that could hurt me? And even, like, when they hold it in their hands, they're kind of, like, nervous of, like, what's going what's to happen? What's this thing going to do? Right? And then when you, you, they put it in the water, it's like they're, you know, it's almost like they dump it to dry. Like, okay, that was enough. I'm good with that. They don't know what to expect. But as a person who loves fishing and enjoy, enjoys it thoroughly, when, when I catch a fish and when I, when I hold it, man, there's nothing. I, I see the beauty that is in it. I, I understand that it's, it's this awesome thing. I get to see this creation that God, that God has made. And for a time in my life in which there's tension and frustration, it's a moment for me to experience peace. And I, I'm not saying this to talk about that everyone should go be a fisherman. What I am saying is I feel like that's the same type of thought we've had when it comes to living in community with fellow Christians. Sometimes we, we're like, I don't know about this. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little, there's some tension that comes along with it. Is this, is this thing going to hurt me? Is this going to be weird? We're going to have that one weird person in our community group, aren't we? By the way, if you're in a community group and you don't have a weird person, chances are you're the weird person. I'm just kidding. But we think, well, I don't know about this, you know, and it's like, and even when we get started, we're like, as soon as it's over, I mean, man, that was the longest hour of my life, and we're in the car, and okay, we're going to stop at the taco shack and go home. But of us that, that have built community and understand that that's an essential part of our, of our time pursuing Christ, many of us have got to the point where we understand that this, this, this idea of building Christian community amongst ourselves of doing groups together, of letting people in on what we're doing in life and being vulnerable with people. We understand that there's a beauty to it that helps us to continue to push forward. When things get tough, when things are hard, when, when we're dealing with depression or divorce or separation or financial issues, men, th- those people that we have brought in and, and built community with, man, they're the ones that continue to help build us up and push us forward. My hope today is not that you would join a coastline small group or anything. If you want to, I'll give you some information at the end of the service that, that if you want to, you can. But as a follower of Christ, if, if you're taking, making the decision, if you're starting, starting to take steps towards becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ, I want you to know that 
you're not meant to do it alone. It's something that's meant to be done with people around you. And so today I wanted to take a, just a few moments and talk about why, maybe, maybe give you some reasons of why Christian community is important, why we continue to do this thing, why we continue to build this culture of, of living in community with one another. The first thing is uh, we need each other. The Apostle Paul saw this even after Jesus went to heaven, as, as Jesus put him on a path, on track to, to live in the mission of going and making other disciples. He told him, he told him that, hey, community is important. Paul started to live his life in community with others, and when he would go out, when he would plant these other churches, he would take someone with him. But he says this in the church in Galatia, in chapter 6, verse uh, 2 and 3 of the book of Galatians. He says, share each other's burdens. In this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Now, Paul's a little, he's a little tough here. He's a little, a little heavy-handed when he's communicating. But I think that he's pushing towards this idea of, Rather than in America where we care about what other people think about us. If we do things because we're, we hope it adjusts the way they think about us. He's saying if you would just stop caring about what they think and just start caring about them, it would make all the world of a difference. Not, not caring about what they think about you, but actually care about them. By, about loving one one another, I think it would adjust. But the truth is, for what we go what we go through each and every day, we're not meant to do it alone. We need each other. There's something beautiful about us connecting and helping each other out. The second thing is the reason why we need community is for encouragement's sake. In the book of Hebrews, chapter ten, verse twenty three to twenty five, it says this: it "says Let us hold tightly, without wavering, to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise." Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Can I tell you that sometimes, as followers of Christ, I'm going to tell you, sometimes as a pastor, there's some times where, where, where I know what I should do, and I don't want to do it. I'm going to tell you right now, waking up and coming to church on time change Sunday last week, not something I want to do. I pitched the idea one time to Eric. I said, what about if we were the church that just didn't meet that Sunday? We'll meet next Sunday. She said, that's a terrible, terrible idea, fat boy. She didn't say that. She's a very encouraging person. But the times where I don't feel like doing something, the times where she, where, where I'm, I'm blue, I've, I've got friends, I've got community that will continue to encourage and continue to help out and continue to push. But if I didn't have that, it would be a lot easier to sink into depression and have, let life become even harder and harder. Because as, encourage, as, as, a, as a follower of Christ, as a fully, fully devoted follower of Christ, I still need encouragement. That comes from the community that is around me. Paul also said this he, uh, in Romans chapter 1 to 12. He says, when we gather together, I want to encourage you in your faith. 
but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Here, here's Paul, specifically the one that is like planning churches, and he's writing to this church in, in Rome. He says, he says, when I get there, when, when I finally arrive, I want to spend some time and just encourage you to continue to go on. And I hope we spend some time where you would, you would encourage me as well. It's not something that he can do on his own. You know, I think of a, a bonfire. I've got a, um, a buddy, Rick, who uh, some of you guys know he's preached here a couple times uh, in the past, and he's got a farm out in, he calls it Edgewater, but it's Oak Hill. It's like out in the middle of nowhere, like no cell phone service. Like if you need to hide a body, which you shouldn't need to, you'd go to Rick's farm. <clears throat> Anyways, Rick, uh, after Christmas, uh, took my Christmas tree out to his farm. Now, here's the thing about Christmas trees. You let a Christmas tree dry out, it's even more fun than when you put presents under it. Because if you take, you take one branch of that Christmas tree and you throw it in a fire, and man, it's, it's this beautiful just plume of flames. It's like watching God's TV. But what's even crazier is if you put that whole tree, all those branches on a fire at one time, you better back up because it's going to throw off some serious heat. I think the same thing happens when it comes to us being followers of Christ. God's called us to create some heat in the world. And, and you by yourself, your little branch, you can do something. You can make something happen. But if you get all the branches together and they encourage one another, man, they can have way more of an impact than that one branch by itself. Community is important. Third reason why it's important is because we become better ourselves. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I've told you over the past couple weeks and through COVID and stuff like that, my family has gotten together and we've started to like do this thing where we cook dinners with one another. And uh, one of the things that uh, was a product of this is, is as I'm like cutting up vegetables with our whatever, you know, dollar general knives that we had, I finally lost it one day. I was like, I'm going to go get myself a chef's knife. Now, I'm not a chef, but I got a chef's knife. It was like, a, it was really, it's stinking sharp, guys. I'm going to tell you what. But I started watching these YouTube videos of like, when it comes to a chef's knife, there's something you got to do. You, you want to keep it sharp. And so you use this thing, it's called a honing steel, where you literally rub the blade against the steel on both sides to keep the knife sharp. Now, that, that one makes sense, and, and for me as well, it, doesn't, it didn't make sense at first. Like, why would you take, but sure enough, as you hone that blade, it gets sharper. As I, look into the, as I looked into the, the science behind it, because it, it, as it's happening, I'm like, this makes zero sense whatsoever. Come to find out, every knife on the very edge of it, as it gets, starts to get dull, it doesn't really get dull. What happens is that the edge starts to fold over. It starts to, to kind of get a little crooked to the point where it does not cut as well as it would before. Now, there's two ways that you can go about sharpening. You can get a, a sharpening stone and take that edge off. Or if you get the honing file, it'll help straighten that edge right back out so it'll cut the way it's meant to cut. I think sometimes... God uses the community that we build around us, the, the fellow believers in Christ, to, to help straighten us out sometimes. 
We live in a world today, that know, uh, though, that, that if we have people in our lives that think differently than us, if we have people in our lives that, that are on the different side of the spectrum politically than us, or think differently, maybe they watch a different news channel or something like that, or they have different ideas, or, or even different ideas about, about what happens, what's supposed to happen in church, we have the tendency to push them away. The world today is running rampant with this cancel culture thing, and it's detrimental to who we are. Part of what we're supposed to do as fellow followers of Christ is to help straighten each other out and to help adjust. And sometimes there's going to be some friction. Sometimes there's going to be some bending. But to keep us sharp, we can't just have the same people around us all the time. If you're surrounded by yes people, I would start to question the people that you hang out with. You, should, you need to start questioning the people that you hang out with. We should be sharpening one another. The fourth thing is uh, accountability. Now, this is the tough one. This is the one that pushes everybody away. This is the one that people get really, really tense about because we live in a world where as we put ourselves out there, as we, as we put, peop- put stuff up on Facebook and Instagram, we get to ch- pick and choose what the best of stuff is. When I post pictures of fish, it's always, Mike, how many times are you posting small fish? Small fish, we're not even taking pictures of those. We take pictures of the big fish. We post those on Facebook, right? Had a great day today. You don't talk about the four other times that you went out and you didn't catch fish at all. It's always best of stuff. But we don't, we don't let people in and tell them really what's going on, the struggle that we're fighting through. This is part, I think, is dangerous for us. Because I'm going to tell you, like, as your pastor, if you came into church today trying to put on the facade that everything is all right at home, I, I want to tell you, like, that, that's not how real life is. As a pastor who cares for you, I'm going to tell you there, there's stuff that I'm working on at home. There's stuff that Erica's working on at home. There's stuff that we're struggling with trying to, to, to as, as being parents, trying to figure out how to be husbands and wives and pastors. And part of that struggle is makes us who we are. See, I don't, I don't think being a fully devoted follower of Christ is about being perfect or making it. It's about getting to a point where you realize, God, I'm going to still let you continue to make adjustments all along the way. Sometimes the way that happens is you've got to have people in your corner that care about you that you can be honest with, that you can have a real conversation with, and that in love they can hear it and not judge you but help you. I think this only comes out of a, a basis of a loving relationship. In James chapter 5, this is the brother of Jesus. He talks about the importance of accountability, specifically when it comes to sin. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. As I was growing up, I remember reading this and thinking, it's so weird that James talks about sin in, in healing. But as I get older and as I've applied this, I realize there's so much truth to it. We live in a world where 
everyone says, if you've got a shortcoming, if you've got faults, if you've got sin in your life, don't tell anyone about it. Don't say anything about it. And next thing you know, we become these men and women that for the past 10, 15, 20 years, we've been dealing with the same, the same issue. But as someone that, I'm going to tell you, as someone that has people in my life that know love me and care about me, and will keep me accountable. It'll ask me tough questions. People that I can go to and tell them, hey, I'm dealing with this certain thing. I'm telling you, there's healing that comes with accountability. That thing that, that you're afraid of has the opportunity to be one of the things that, that sets you free in life. Good Christian community brings accountability, which is important just being fully devoted followers of Christ. Number five, the reason why community is important is because this is what Jesus modeled. This is how he lived, right? You guys remember, like, when he uh, spent time on this earth, as he started his ministry, he gathered some guys around him, right? He gathered 12 of them, 12 of his disciples that he did life with. And of those 12, there was also three that were even closer than the 12 were. And these weren't people that he's like, hey, man, I'll see you on Sunday. We'll go to church. We'll hang out. Maybe we'll go to brunch afterwards, and then I'll see you next week. No, these were guys that, like, they did life together. They didn't have cell phones, but you better believe they'd be, like, texting one another or, or Instagram and messaging, or I don't know what the kid, Discord, whatever. The, I think that's what the kids do these days. I don't know. I'm trying to stay, stay up on time, so I don't know. But he, they would have been connected throughout the day doing life. They would have seen when someone was having a tough day or someone was having a good day. This is the model that he had. Even when he sent them out to go make other disciples, he sent them out two by two. He didn't send them by themselves. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. It's this call to be like Jesus. And if Jesus lived his life in community, we should be doing the same thing. We should bring our walls down and our expectations or our fears of, of what that community might feel like or, or it might, might encroach on the limited amount of time that we have in a week. We should put that away and continue to pursue being fully devoted followers of Christ. If he lived in community, we should do the same thing. I believe living in Christian, good Christian community also glorifies God. John uh, 13, verse 34 to 35 says this. It says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other so your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. As Jesus, as Jesus is saying this, I'm reminded back to what we were talking about earlier of being people pleasers. See, if we go through life thinking if we do certain things, people will think better about us, will think good about us, the truth is it doesn't really have that much impact on the world. But if we will adjust our thinking and and just care for people. If we'll just, if we'll love, if we'll just love on people, not for the sake of us getting anything in return, not for the sake of them 
looking better upon us or giving us favor for our next job assignment or whatever it is. If we'll just, if we'll just love on people and care for them. Jesus says, man, that, that's the thing that will impact the world more than anything. That's, that's the thing that will identify you greater as a fully devoted follower of Christ than you wearing your Coastline Church t-shirt to the beach. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other and your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Ultimately, church, I want to let you know that as a fully devoted follower, we're called with a mission to go introduce people to him. But more important than teaching theology, more important than trying to make people think that you look good or you are a good person, if you'll just love on people, it'll change their world as well. She's not here so I can talk about her, but I've got a dear friend in, in Megan Schmidt. She's a great friend of our family. Been around us for a bunch of years now. Yesterday I had the pleasure to go celebrate her birthday with her at uh, her place of work. She works at the Corkshrew. If you ever have Megan Schmidt as a, as a waitress, tip her good. Plus, she's pretty much the best waitress there. That's not even, yeah. But as people are coming up and celebrating her birth with her, I realize that here's this single mom who works harder than almost anyone else that I know. And like almost like the majority of the people that are coming up and that she's doing life with at work, like come to our church or have come to our church. Some of them are like, I, I baptized that person. And I realized that, that in a world that is not Christian-based, the service industry is not, it's, there's a lot of other things that the service industry is known for, that here's this girl that she didn't go in wearing her Coastline Church shirt or telling everyone, hey, I'm a Christian. She just loved on people and hugged them when they're having a bad day and when they were going through times of depression said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come with me to church? Hey, the, the only thing that's helped me through this is, is Jesus. It's not, it's not drugs. It's not all this other stuff. It's not other people. It's Jesus. So I'm, I'm just going to love on you and hopefully you'll find him. <laughs> and of someone that has formal training as a pastor, I consider myself a fully devoted follower of Christ. I think that is closer to what Jesus wants to see in us than a guy in his 30s up preaching on a stage. That that will change our world. That's what Christ wants in you. I want to tell you today, if you feel like you're alone, you're not alone. I think the enemy wants you to feel alone so he can get you alone they can continue to lie to you and mess with you. Jesus says, hey, this world's tough. 
It's not easy. You can't do it alone. That's not how I intended it. If Jesus didn't do it alone, why are we, why are we trying to do it alone? I want to challenge you to find other believers and do life with them. Not people that are yes men, not people that just agree with what you agree with, have same political thoughts, but people that love Jesus will love you and that you can love as we go through this adventure of life that ain't easy. We can encourage each other and help each other and sharpen each other and make each other better and ultimately make the church better. Not for the sake that Coastline Church will grow, but for the sake that people will find him. I want to challenge you to bring those walls down and connect with others in Christ. That's important. That's a part of being a fully devoted follower. As your pastor, I want to let you know part of the reason that we have, the reason that we have small groups here at Coastline is to help you with this. And so if you say, Brian, I want to get connected in a community. I want to be a part of doing life with other people, but I don't know how to take the first steps. We literally have someone on our staff that that is their passion and love in life. That's a purpose God has put them to. Elizabeth Lincoln Hogwarts will do everything that she can. I promise you she'll bend over backwards. Try to connect you with people that will help you continue to go through life and that you can help to continue to go through life. If, you're, if you don't want to take that step today, you're like, I don't know if I can talk to someone after church, man, download the Church Center app. There's a great way to do it there. Ultimately, as your pastor, I want you to know I love you and I care for you. The reason why I challenge you with this might be something hard to hear. It might be a hard step to take. The reason why I challenge you with this is because I know in my own life I'm better because of it. And I know you will be as well. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I... I know at no point being a follower of you doesn't mean that our life is easy or that we get out of stuff that the rest of the world has to deal with. But God, I do know that as you push us to do life with one another and as you push us to continue to have faith in you, push past our barriers of fear and frustration, I, I know that the best is yet to come because it's you guiding us. It's you helping us through it. And God, I pray that as we continue to become fully devoted followers, if we, as we continue to develop and change and adjust to being a follower of you, God, I pray that we would see in our lives you at work. God, as the disciples started church, it says that they saw miraculous things. God, I pray that as we continue to develop to be fully devoted followers, God, that you would show us miraculous things in our own lives. Make a way where it looks like there is no way. When it comes to the, the, the debt that we have, God, show us a way to get out of it as we continue to follow you. God, when it comes to the relationships we're trying to make, bring the right people at the right time. God, when it, when it comes to the relationships that we need to step away from, God, give us the courage to step away. We continue to choose you over anyone else. We care about what you think. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. You all said amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.